Hey, welcome to the sermon series from Life Church Green Bay. It's our mission to bring the life-giving message of Jesus to the 920 and beyond. We're so glad you're here. If this is your first time joining us, we want to do life with you. While you're listening, fill out the hello card on our website so we can connect with you. Visit lifechurchgreenbay.com forward slash hello to fill it out. Make sure to check the I'm new here and online options while filling out the card. Again, we're so glad you're with us today. Here's this week's message. Well, good morning. Merry Christmas. So glad you guys are here. Hey, open your Bibles to John chapter one. And if you have not downloaded the Bible app yet, it is a great free app for you to get. It has not just many translations and devotionals and just guides and videos, but it also has the notes and scriptures I'm going to use. All you have to do is click on more, go to events, and everything will be there. But you can scan that code and it'll be there for you. But if you want a physical Bible, you want like a, like a paper Bible, on your way out at our Welcome Center, we have some available, again, free for you to take on your way out. If you're watching online, Merry Christmas. So glad you guys are here. And I'm so glad you guys are here as we conclude this series called Christmas Foretold. We're in this series, we've gone through the book of Matthew and have explored the prophecies that have been connected with the Christmas story. So like week one, we explore the prophecy of Mary giving birth to Jesus, who was a virgin. And this is found in Isaiah chapter seven, which was written 700 years before the actual birth. And it says, all right, then the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son and you will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And then in week two, we talked about the wise men traveling over 700 miles and possibly took them about two years because they followed the star to go to Bethlehem because we see it prophesied in Numbers 24 and in Micah chapter five. And then last week, Pastor Sean talked about the prophecy being fulfilled in Jeremiah 31, 15, which shows us that God will take places of bondage and turn them into peace. And today we're gonna conclude that story, but we're gonna do it in kind of an interesting way. But before we do that, let's jump to John chapter one. Starting in verse 43, this is Jesus who he is, he is gathering together the people who will be his first disciples. And it says this, the next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, come, follow me. Philip was from Bethesda, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, we have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathan, Nathaniel, can anything good come from Nazareth? I want you to focus on that saying, can anything good come from Nazareth? But I love Philip's response. Come and see for yourself. The title of my message this morning is called Come and See. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that in a day we're gonna celebrate a moment that forever changed our life. A moment where you loved us so much that you came in human form through the life of Jesus. And through his birth, he would raise and become our savior, our Messiah, the reason we have life and life more abundantly. So Lord, we pray as you be in this message that Lord, we would do more than just hear the word, but we'd be challenged by the word and we'd take the word out into our world. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you remember the first time you experienced a cliffhanger? 
in a story. You know, like, like this is a part of the story where you're left guessing what would happen next. And maybe for you, the first time you experienced that was in a movie or a TV show or a book. For me, it was comic books. I, I loved reading comic books growing up and, and comic books were known for this. They were known to get all your attention and to make you think that conflict's going away and the, revolution, the re- resolution is coming, justifying a last minute plot twist and the famous phrase, to be continued. And as much as I love cliffhangers, I love the first time I saw my kids experience the cliffhanger. I don't know about you guys for Christmas. I, we all have different traditions we may do. You know, some of us, you know, besides opening presents, maybe you're going to open up Christmas pajamas. Maybe you're going to wake up and have some cinnamon rolls or maybe you'll have ham for lunch or dinner. Maybe some of you guys go out to family or maybe like my family, you'll go out to the movies. And I'm, ex- I'm excited. I haven't really looked at movies yet, but here's what I can tell you. I need to have a movie that my kids can go to that has a cliffhanger because I cannot forget the time that they reacted when we saw the movie Spider-Man Across the Universe. Now, if you haven't seen the movie or the Spider-Verse, the movie's great, but originally it was called Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. Now, someone who is used to seeing and hearing cliffhangers, I was like, well, smells like a cliffhanger. And then they changed the name, but I really remember going in the movie going, okay, there's gonna be a part two, so just get ready. My kids didn't know that. They, they, didn't, they were maybe oblivious to it, I'm not sure. But we're watching the movie. The movie's great, really good movie. Really, really enjoyed it. Loved the animation, everything. But there's a part in the movie where I knew a cliffhanger was coming. Like I was looking at the time and I was like, it's, uh, it's pretty long for a kid's movie. And it was still going. And, and there's parts where it just seems like the music is crescendoing and they're just, they're not at a final point yet. And as I'm looking at the music, I, I lean over to my youngest daughter, Riley, and I go, Riley, this movie's going to end right now. And she was like, she was kind of like confused, but also disappointed. Like I think in her head, she thought maybe her dad was like starting to lose common sense. Like, no, dad, that's not how movies work like she was like she just kind of gave me a look like a really stanky look like I'm like it's gonna end I lean over to my oldest Kennedy and I go Kennedy this movie is gonna end right now she goes yeah right but then what happens movie gets big they pan out the heroes looking out and then all of a sudden the famous words come up to be continued and my kids lose it. They go, are you serious? How can you end a movie like this? Is there, when's the next movie coming out? Is it coming out tomorrow? Next month? When is the next movie? And I'm just laughing. I got told you because they didn't know what to do with a the cliffhanger. They saw it. And they're like, what are we supposed to do now? And like that story, that's kind of how the end of the Christmas story looks to me. It kind of looks like it ends on a cliffhanger. In Matthew chapter 2, we see that in, in verse 19, it says, When Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Get up, the angel said. Take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel, because those who are trying to kill the child are dead. Just a little backstory: Before Herod died, he found out through the wise men that possibly the Messiah, the king, is probably two years old. So Herod thought, okay, I'm just going to kill everyone two years old and under. And so he went on a baby toddler killing spree. But then he dies. And then, so Joseph gets up and returns to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. But when he learned of the new ruler of Judah being Herod's son, Archelaus, 
he was afraid to go there. Then, after being warned in the dream, he left for the region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. This fulfilled what the prophets had said, he will be called a Nazarene. So the reign of Herod is over. The angel tells Joseph, you can go. Everything's going to be safe. Go back to Nazareth. And that's the Christmas story. Like, what? Like, no joke. I, I remember going to the next page going, oh, chapter three talks about John the Baptist. I'm like, that's how you end it? And if you're here last week, Pastor Sean did mention that he was assigned a portion of scripture because when I came up with this series, I came up with it because I had this idea where we'd take the book of Matthew, which was written for the Jewish culture, and show all these prophecies that would be fulfilled in the Old Testament. Because the Jewish culture, they believed in the scrolls. They read the scrolls. They memorized this. And this would show them that Jesus is the Messiah. That all the prophecies were filled except for Matthew 2.23. Because this scripture, this prophecy, it's not found. Now there's a couple theories that go with this. One is some people believe that maybe the prophecy they're talking about is found in Isaiah 11.1, which says, Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. And, and this theorized that maybe Nazareth or Nazarene, even though it's not found anywhere in the Old Testament, the word shoot and Nazareth kind of had similarities. Like shoot in the Hebrew was Nasir and Nazarene in the Greek was like Nasar. And they're like, oh, I can see the similarities. And, and here's the thing. It's a messianic prophecy. Like it's a powerful prophecy because it shows us that Jesus is connected to the lineage of Jesse. And we see this in Matthew chapter one. And we also see that it says the shoot will bear good fruit, meaning Jesus would come and do what David couldn't. That he would come and be our redeemer and the reason we can be in right standing with God. But we don't get the word Nazareth in the Old Testament. We don't even get the word Nazarene. Like we got the word Bethlehem, like we got the word uh, virgin birth. These were all prophecies fulfilled. Now, there's another theory that maybe Matthew 2.23 is maybe the prophecy, because it said prophets. Maybe it's a prophecy that just hasn't been found yet. Maybe it's a scroll that we haven't discovered yet. But then there's also a theory that maybe Matthew made it up. Maybe he made it up because he wanted us to really focus on the right thing. You're like, wait a minute. He made a prophecy up? Why? Well, they think they really want us to focus on Nazareth. They want us to focus on Nazarene because like I talked about a few weeks ago, like you think Bethlehem is small, Nazareth was even smaller. Like Nazareth in the time of this writing was to believe to have maybe 200 to 300 people living in it. It would be like Jesus coming from Lake Lorraine, Wisconsin. Like do we have any Lake Lorraine nights? See, there's only like a couple of them. And this town was known to be a lower class community. It was actually believed that they didn't live in homes, they lived in caves because they just didn't have enough to build things. And they were servants for the other cities close by. So this town, it had no significance, had no importance. And that's why it's barely talked about in the Bible at all. And yet, this is what the savior of the world will be known by. But why does God want Jesus to be known as a Nazarene? Well, if you're taking notes, I think there are two things that we need to remember when reading this first. Two things that I think are important in not just reading it, but in our everyday lives. And here's number one. Faith is a requirement. It says it in Hebrews eleven six that it's impossible to please God without faith. 
And anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and he rewards those who will sincerely seek him. In the same chapter, it says, faith is described as the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about things we do not see. So we need to have confidence and assurance in the things we can't see. And Nathaniel shows us in our opening verse that he couldn't see Jesus of Nazareth being the Messiah because there was nothing good that came from there. And that's why Philip says, come and see, not see and come. Because him going would take some faith. And there's gonna be some things in our life that are going to take some faith. There's gonna be some things that just don't make sense and those things have been tough to walk through and tough to go through. And some of you, you're saying, you know, nothing good can come out of 2023, but God is asking us in the middle of those moments to trust him. He's asking those middle of those moments to have faith in him, trust him and believe that he can end and he can give you the purpose even we don't see it. This is why faith is a requirement because it requires us to bring God into every situation we're in, to trust him through our whys and our wise knots. So when I read Matthew 2, 23 and verses like that where I study and I ask questions, but I'm not still 100% certain, I have to get to the place where I say, God, I don't understand, but I'm gonna trust you anyways. I'm gonna lean on you because it is a requirement to have faith. So putting in Jesus in the situation of Nazareth or making him a Nazarene, it doesn't make sense at all. And it doesn't make sense that God may put you in the situation you're in. But trust him. Trust that he will say, I will bless you and I'll keep you. I'll make my face shine upon you and be gracious to you. I will look upon you with favor and give you peace. Just trust me. Because Hebrews says he rewards those who sincerely seek him. See, one thing to seek, it means to put some time and effort, but to sincerely seek him means, God, I can't see it, but I'm gonna keep looking. I don't understand it, but I'm gonna keep seeking you. That should make you worship stronger than you ever have before. Because sometimes we come into church with a bad week and we go, I don't deserve to worship. And that's exactly when you should worship. Because God, I need to seek you now more than ever. And I need to trust you even when it doesn't make sense. Here's the next thing I, need to, I think we need to remember when reading this verse is transformation starts from the inside out. All right, I know what we could all raise our hands and say, I love giving gifts, but let's just be real. How many love getting gifts? Oh, come on, really? You could, don't be, I love getting gifts. Now I'm giving gifts, but tomorrow I'm gonna love getting those gifts. Okay, let's just say, for example, I wanna give a gift to just a random person, but I let you choose. I say, okay, you can have this gift. Ooh, ah. Or you can have this gift. Ooh, ah. I know it's really great, right? I mean, just, it looks a little gross. There's a burn mark right there. You know, and it's funny because we like doing secret Santas. We like doing, you know, white elephant. And I know that like if this was under the tree at your company party, you'd be like, huh, I can't wait to see what's in that. And after it doesn't get chosen for a while, you're like, okay, I really want to see what's in that. Like, what is that? Is it anything? It's probably nothing. I mean, it looks gross. I mean, is that duct tape? Yeah. Is that tin foil? Did he just run out of paper? What, what is going on? But here's what I love. Here's the reality. 
Yes, we love the outside, but you guys want to guess what's on the inside of this? Nothing. But when I open this up, it's, okay, I forgot how bright that was. So, because it just shows. It doesn't matter what's on the outside, but what's on the inside. And I think that's what Jesus is trying to show us. I think that's God saying when he's called a Nazarene. No, no, you have to, don't focus on Nazarene. Focus on Jesus. Focus that Jesus on the inside of that town that makes no sense. And that's the whole Bible. The whole Bible is we need to focus on the inside before the outside. Jesus says it himself in Matthew 23, 26. He says, first, clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will be clean too. He's saying you don't have to worry about the outside. The inside will take care of the outside. Paul says in Galatians, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That word produced in the Greek word is parago, which means to be manufactured. So God wants to manufacture out of us the fruits of the Spirit. He doesn't want to put it on us. He wants it to come out of us. And here's the thing. Too many of us have either thought or have been told the opposite about Christianity. I believe there are some people here today where you've been told that you need to change the outside before you change the inside. That you need to change the habits before you change the heart. And God is saying, no, I'm all about the opposite. In fact, there's nothing more powerful when God, than God changing the inside because it allows God to transform you from the inside out. That's why Jesus told that you have to be born again. It's not a physical thing. It's a spiritual thing. Because that process, it will change our thinking. It will change our responses. It will change what we thought was important and the things we thought we couldn't live without. God is saying, I want to change you from the inside. And yes, to some people, Nazareth looked just like this. But God's saying, don't focus on this. Focus on this. And for some of us, we, we think we look just like this too. God can't do anything with me. Look at me. Look at my past. Look at my struggles. Look at my insecurities, my shortcomings, my addictions, my pain. Look at it. He goes, God, I don't look at that. I look at this. And I look what God can do out of you and through you. God has a purpose and a plan for your life, no matter what the world tells you. The world tried to tell Jesus that he's insignificant. The world tried to show Jesus that, you know, nothing good, good comes from Nazareth. How is that even possible? And he does that because he wants us to know that everything good comes from the inside out. So when you read verses like Matthew 2.23, the focus shouldn't be on Nazareth on the outside, but the Savior on the inside. Here's what I want to close with. I want to go back to John chapter 1. Because I love that... that Nathaniel looks at Philip and goes, nothing good can come out of Nazareth. Like he kind of was like, all right, I'm not, no, I'm good. That's impossible. And I love that Philip doesn't try to tell him, no, don't say that. How rude. No, you, you don't believe me? No, he just says, come and see. And then verse 47, this is what happens. As they approached, Jesus said, now, here's a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. How do you know about me? Nathaniel asked. Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. I love this verse. 
Then Nathanael exclaimed, Rabbi, which means teacher, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. Here's what I'm not trying to do today. I'm not trying to convince you about God. I just want you to come and see God. Because here's what happens. Do you guys notice what happened with Nathanael? He said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Jesus of Nazareth? Until he went and saw God. And then he sees Jesus and he gets a name change. He's no longer Jesus of Nazareth. He's now the son of God, the king of Israel. See, that's what God wants to do. He doesn't want you just to show up and listen. He wants you to come and see that I sent a savior. And even though it doesn't make sense, and even though it's, it, it comes from a lowly place, when you come and see who he is, it'll change your perspective on everything. I know some of you grew up and you're, I mean, it's a blessing you're here right now because of what the church has done to you. And I'm sorry for that. But I don't want you to come and see us. I want you to come and see him. Because when you welcome him in, he will change and he will transform your life. So just come and see and see what he can do in your life in your marriage, in your finances, in your family, in your workplace. See what he can do when you come and see for yourself. So this Christmas story doesn't end with a cliffhanger, but a reminder to come and see that Jesus of Nazareth is the son of God. Can I pray with you? So here's the reality. God wants to do a significant thing in your life. He wants the transformation process to start right now, but he won't do that by trying to force you or make you. But when we invite him in, you're welcome him in to do everything he needs to do in your life. And that's what salvation is. Salvation is getting to a place where you realize, you know what, I have sinned. Whether it's a small sin or an insignificant sin, it is a sin, and I have to believe that God is a perfect God, a holy God, and our sin separates from him. And we need him to stay holy. We need him to stay powerful because he can and will do all things. But I love that this holy, powerful God was also a loving God who said, you know what? I need to bring myself in human form through my son, Jesus, who for 33 years lived a perfect, sinless life. But he took our sin. He took our pain. And he sacrificed so that we can now be in right standing with God. And so all we have to do is accept that. Say, I want that for my life. It's more than just believing. The scripture says even the demons believe. It's accepting. It's welcoming. It's allowing the transformation process to start. So if that's you, we're going to do one of two things. In a moment, I'm just going to ask you to look at me and raise your hand. And that's you say, you know, I want to make Jesus my Lord and Savior. Lord, mean I want to give him control. Because for too long, I've been trying to control my life on my own. It's got me nowhere. But I want to surrender to the control he has in my life and see what he can do in my life. Savior meaning I'm not going to live in guilt and shame. I'm not going to live in shortcomings. I'm going to live in the fullness of joy that God has for me because he gave the Savior who took away all my sins. So I'm going to have you in a moment raise your hand and look at me. And then as a church together, we're just going to say a simple prayer. Now we're going to say it together so you're not the only one. But if you say this for, like, for the first time, and you mean it and you say, no, I, I'm not just saying it to say it, but like I, I am welcome him in. The Bible says you'll be a new creation. The old will be gone and the new will be gone. So if that's you and you're saying, no, I've never done that, 
Or maybe I didn't do it right, but I want to do it right today. Can I just have you raise your hand and look at me? Thank you, 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 thank you. Why are we doing this? Just because people are going public. I want people to know because I'm going to need support. I'm going to need help. Thank you. I don't want to do this on my own. Thank you. This is, thank you. This is a personal declaration, but I'm surrounded by people who are going to help me grow in that. Church, can we say this prayer together? Say, Jesus, thank you for what you did on the cross for me. I give you my life to do whatever you need to do. I welcome you to be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's the thing. If you said it for the first time, even if you're like, I didn't raise my hand, that's fine. But if you're like, no, I really meant it. We want to help you. Like this is just step one of your faith. Yes, do I believe God through the Holy Spirit can come and transform you? Yes. But you're going to ask in a lot of questions. You're going to be like, I don't know what to do next. I don't know what, what my next steps are. We want to help you. So we have a card in the front or you can scan this card and, say, and just, just put as much information you're comfortable with. Then check the box saying, I'm choosing to follow Jesus. Because we want to help you from where you are to where God wants you to be and where he's calling you to be and where he wants to take you. So if you could just do that and then you can turn that in at the Welcome Center uh, on your way out. Or if you find me, you can turn it to me. But we wanna help you. We want, we want you to get a Bible. Again, you can download the app, get a physical Bible. We want you to start praying. And all prayer is, is just talking to God. You don't have to have any of the prayers memorized. You can just go, hey, it's me. And I'm figuring this out, can you help me? But the biggest thing, and this is big for my holiday people, if you really want this to grow and mature, you gotta surround yourself with a group of believers who's gonna help you. And so like, this has gotta be something you do more than twice a year. This has gotta be something you do consistently. And I'm not trying to make you feel guilty or bad. I'm just trying to get you a place where you're like, I need to surround myself with people who are gonna help me. Like we have Bible studies every week where you can surround yourself with people who are looking at the Bible the same way you are. We have midweek services and small groups and all these things that we just wanna help you grow in your Jesus journey. And I'm telling you, when you allow him, he'll do the impossible in your life and people will see it. Can I pray with you one more time before we end? Maybe you're here and you say, I am a Jesus person, but man, I have not made faith a priority in my life. And I haven't allowed him to completely transform me from the inside out. If that's you, can I just raise your hand so I can pray with you? Lord, thank you for these strong, bold hands who are saying, God, I'm not giving you part of me, I'm giving you all of me. So Lord, I just pray as we are going into this Christmas season, Lord, Lord, not only do we remember, but Lord, we would, it would cause us to go, God, whatever I need to give you so I can have all of you, I give it to today. Lord, we are gonna come in complete surrender in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us this week. Follow our other podcasts so you can be updated when new episodes are released. We have a wide variety of podcasts to choose from. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We'll see you next week.